Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined in studio this week by my colleague, researcher Dylan Zarnicki. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Sam. We are talking about your report, How Companies Improved Their CX Index Scores 2016. Listeners, this is not an old report with the 2016 title. It's just we're looking back at our 2016 Customer Experience Index data, comparing it to the 2016. 15 customer experience index data and seeing which companies had the biggest improvements and then trying to understand what they had done to show such large improvements in their CX index scores. Is that about right? Anything you would add to that or correct, Dylan? We looked at companies that improved their scores by at least five points. Okay. So we wanted to get a significant improvement, a meaningful improvement that customers would notice. And 28 met that. 28 companies improved. How did they improve their CX index scores? What's the magic behind those 28 companies who were up by five or more points? We saw that of the companies we talked to, they focused on simplifying experiences, focused on creating more personal connections to customers, Hmm. and the always favorite redesigning digital interactions. Great. And I think especially the simplifying and the redesigning the digital experiences highlights perhaps, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that there's plenty of room to make improvements just by not being as bad as you were previously. Mm -hmm. Sadly, still a true statement. Yes, still true. So of the companies we talked to, they ran the range of poor experiences on Mm -hmm. the index to very good ones. Okay. So can you give us an example of one of the companies that you did talk to, maybe some of the work they did? One of the companies I talked to was United Healthcare. Mm -hmm. They are not the best scoring in our index, but they are doing a lot to improve their experience. Mm -hmm. This has been a project that has been ongoing for the past couple of years. One of the big focus is consolidating customer data. That Mm -hmm. includes some major purchases of database management software. Uh, But what that means for experiences is call agents in the call center for their Medicare customers. They have a lot more customer data in front of them. They're able to see what actions the customers did before calling, and they can help them with their exact problem as they call and they don't need to transfer them to another department. Right. They're empowering their call agents to deliver a better experience through those interactions where they may be troubled by a claim or confused by something. No, that's great. I I like that example because, hey, United Healthcare invested in technology, spent a lot of money there. If you leave that statement at that very simple high-level version, you're like, oh, okay, trying to imagine what they did. What they actually did was work back from a challenge that their frontline employees had in delivering a good Mm -hmm. experience to customers and say, what would be an enabling technology that would give them more of this information at their fingertips so we didn't have to put as much burden on our customers by transferring them or by not having the knowledge at hand. So now suddenly they're empowering their frontline employees in a way that makes them better, simplifying the experience for customers by not having to transfer them as often. And it was a technology investment, but one that was very much guided by customer need and enabling of employees rather than trying to replace employees or trying to, you know, drive poor Medicaid uh, or Medicare customers to a low-cost, more self-serve channel. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even just a technology investment. They spent two years retraining staff Mm. on how to better orchestrate these conversations with customers. It was almost twenty to 30,000 internal staff they had to retrain. Wow. Good. Okay. So that's a major investment in technology, in training, in time, I'm sure, to to reimagine how this should work. If we think about that example, I sort of took as given they knew that it was complex for their customers or they were doing too many transfers. But 
How are these companies able to identify which experiences, which journeys, which interactions, which channels they want to make improvements in? What you're heading on is the disciplined approach to prioritization a lot of these companies mm. take to figuring out what experiences they need to improve on. They spend a lot of time figuring out how to ensure the intended experience is delivered throughout the entire organization. Yeah, so they wanted perhaps more consistency, more support of employees wherever they were in the ecosystem, making sure that they could deliver the right experience, that they were delivering the right experience, that they were equipped to do it as a way of ensuring that there was, I guess, more consistency, more experiences that met customers' expectations. Is that a fair statement? That's it. Yeah, I mean, that aligns with something I've seen so much in my research, that it's not a question of finding the right model for what your experience should be. In fact, that almost always already exists somewhere. You're delivering the right experience at some touch point or at one location or some of the time. It's more a question of doing that more consistently without as much effort. We, we describe that as culture-driven heroics where employees have to overcome great odds and bad mm-hmm. processes and inadequate technology to deliver the right experience. So it's making that easier for them to do all of the time everywhere and making more employees do it all of the time everywhere. And that that can be a major enhancement to your experience that builds on what you already know, what you already are able to do sometimes. It's just doing it more often. And I am looking at the list of companies that improved by five points or more from 2015 to 2016. And what jumps out to me is it's a mix of companies in terms of industry, in terms of size, in terms of big name companies like Target or City that I've heard of, and sort of companies like Straight Talk or uh, Bright House Networks or Ace Rent-A-Car that maybe you haven't heard of. So did anything jump out at you about the, the companies or the industries represented here? Because what jumping out at me is that there doesn't seem to be a pattern or a rhyme or reason to which companies were able to move the needle by five points or more. I think one of the things that's going on here is for some of these really large companies, mm-hmm. these are clearly companies that have an idea of the benefits that can come from customer experience. Mm. Some of them have started them recently. Yeah. Some of them are five years in. Yeah. And what we see here is a mix of some of these big companies. They're at their five-year mark, and they're right. starting to see these benefits roll in. Yeah. Other ones are smaller, and they've been able to get uh, benefits come in a little bit faster. Yeah, that's interesting. So the scale of the company maybe determines how quick you'll see mm-hmm. wholesale change in your experience, which gets back to that sort of problem of customer experience. It's you know like the Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago, the second best time is now, and the best time to start a customer experience transformation effort was probably five years ago, and the second best time is now. Mm-hmm. Um, never too late to get started, and you wish you'd started sooner, but better to start now than to just lament the fact that you didn't. Mm-hmm. start mm-hmm. sooner, or finish that time machine, I guess, and you can get back and start <laughs> sooner. To your point, the other thing that I think really stands out, especially when I look at culture transformations, is that the the sort of back half of the chessboard problem, where you do a lot of the work up front without seeing much of the benefit, which often leads to skepticism or cynicism growing in the organization, whereas it's in the back half, you said a five-year mark, where you start to see real changes coming in because you've built up the capabilities and the consistency that your customers notice, that your employees believe in, that your executives can leverage with other initiatives that are happening in the organization, but that is often hard to wait for and hold on for. Mm -hmm. I was actually talking to a company just this morning. They are spending many years trying to get, as he put it, executive-led discipline. Mm. 
And the way you described it, that's really the hardest part because once you have that discipline down to know, all right, we know we're going to look at these metrics for how CX will benefit the company. It's going to vary by operation, your different teams. And once we know those down for what kind of benefits to expect, we can more accurately forecast changes yeah. and get the entire company in line with that type of thinking. One other thing I wanted to talk about, which I veered off a little bit when you asked about how companies are identifying those crucial yeah. customer experience issues. I found through talking to these companies, there's really three ways they go about understanding what are those critical experiences. Mm. Figure out what your customers value. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much straightforward. Companies are doing that. Yep. What's broken? What are, you, what are gaps in the experience? Yep. And then what are your competitors not doing that you can do better? So mm. it's those three considerations are all things that they're juggling. And where there's alignment between those three and any combination, that's the point where they have to really attack. And that's good, actually. I mean, that, those first two seem completely intuitive to me mm -hmm. and obvious, obviously, what, what customers want to value and what you're not doing a good job of. But my sense is companies are often are looking at their competitors not for what they're leaving as an opening, but rather what they're doing just to make sure we're keeping up with the Joneses, as mm -hmm. it were. That one's counterintuitive to me to think about it as actually where do they leave you an opening to differentiate based on the experience because they're not doing it. Dylan, thank you for joining us. Listeners, we have, if you are listening to this and looking at your phone, included a link to Dylan's report in the show notes, How Companies Improved Their CX Index Scores 2016. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember, your customer's perception is your customer experience reality.